The Morning Coffee is a podcast recorded live slash streamed at twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All articles used during the show are credited in the show notes below in the description. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, guys? How's it going? Ryan here. And today, I bring you the first episode of The Morning Coffee, a random podcast um, with your host, Ryan Kubo. That is me. It records every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as streams on twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo. Um, this is a podcast that kind of came out of passion for me to just kind of have a morning stream, but then also to just talk gaming news and gaming-related articles and opinions on a bunch of random gaming topics. Uh, for any of you audio listeners out there, uh, I will say that this podcast is going to be incorporating the live stream chat and conversations between them. I will try my best to be able to communicate to you guys and talk to you guys on audio and get you guys involved. But the best way to be involved and to get the full extent of the stream and what's going on is to going to uh, twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo. That's all lowercase. Um, but yeah, guys. Um, like I said, this is a podcast that's going to be recorded Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to supplement the days that I don't record podcasts. If you guys didn't know, I have a podcast that we talk about Twitch news that happens on Tuesday uh, evenings at 9 p.m. PST called Deep Thoughts Podcast. And then we have a Hearthstone podcast that records on Thursday evenings as well. And so this kind of fits in perfectly to my schedule at the moment. Um, the days of the podcast are subject to change depending on how much uh, my schedule changes and stuff. It's a little unshaky, but for now and for the foreseeable future, we're looking at a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at least in the mornings um, around 9 a.m. PST. Um, but like I said, that's uh, subject to change. If you guys want to connect with... Um, the podcast as well you can go to at morn m-o-r-n coffee c-o-f-f-e-e pod which is the podcast uh twitter handle and uh from there you can also follow on my personal accounts if you guys want to for more information on the podcast and for all of the podcasts that are under my network you guys can go to twitter.com slash ryan kubo or instagram.com slash ryan kubo so with that out of the way uh let's talk some news and uh, see what we have going on today, or whatever. So, I picked about six or seven articles just to get this podcast rolling. I uh, kind of just wanted to kind of go over them and give my opinions um, for this first episode. I will say as well that there's a ton of games that I play on and off stream. And so, if I do stumble upon a new game that I've been playing, or see a game that I find really interesting, etc., that game will also be talked about. So it's kind of like just reviews and stuff like that. I don't really want to limit it to just gaming news, but that is going to be a majority of what's being talked about here. And just like weird, kooky, like strange articles as well. So first article that's up, which is like really, really, really random, but I thought was like super, super funny, um, is that a fake ultra rare Yu-Gi-Oh card led to someone's arrest. But apparently, I'm not a big Yu-Gi-Oh guy, and I don't really understand, like, what it's, a, like, the value of cards. I guess I can kind of understand it, 
but apparently there is a world championship that happened in 2008, which is like when I was in high school or something. So this card is apparently super, super rare. And um, somebody ended up buying this card from a 20-something-year-old woman for 400,000 yen. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is still pretty popular from what I understand on uh, or in Japan and in Asia regions. Um, kind of a side note about that too. It's really weird because Yu-Gi-Oh! is really popular over here on the West Coast where I'm where I live, and Magic, of course. But then if you go to like the East Coast or the Midwest, the Pokemon trading card game seems to be a lot more popular there. Whereas over here, it's just like it's non-existent. Um, I haven't played Yu-Gi-Oh! in a really long time. I feel it's like a middle school, maybe early high school type of thing. But apparently this one bought this card for $3,556 through an online auction. But then after she got it, she realized that it might be fake. And the person that ended up making the card got arrested. So apparently, um, if you guys check, um, if you check out the article, have the fake on the right and the real one on the left. But dude, the fake looks so good. <laughs> I... I don't understand, like, it's so good or whatever, but, um, yeah, I find that, uh, interesting because to me, like, looking at both of these cards, I can't really tell the difference. Oh, the left's on the fake, my, or the left's, uh, left one's the fake one, my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, you can't really tell, to be honest. Like, I'm checking this out, and it's, like, super, super, super weird. But yeah, the article basically just warns to, you know, don't buy fake stuff or whatever. Um, yeah, I've been scammed online, like not with cards and stuff like that. But when I was really young, um, I've been scammed with this type of stuff. But apparently this person was pretty old, 29 years old. So they must have listed it weird or something. I just find it funny that there's like an inherent value to some of these really, really rare Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And just cards in general, um, like some of the Magic the Gathering cards I know can go for like tremendous and enormous prices because of their rarity. And I find that sometimes just like baffling, like honestly, just straight up baffling to me because it doesn't really make sense why there's a value to it. But like you can't play it, you can't utilize it. I don't know. I'm not a collector, right? So I don't know about you, chat, what you do with your, like, goodies or whatever. But, like, I I know it's, like, super controversial or whatever. But for me, like, when I have, like, an action figure or a toy that's in a box, I usually take it out of the box. And people get, like, I get one camp. Like, I'm in the camp that's, like, I don't care. It's just a toy or it's just, like, a figure or a statue. Like, I don't care. Um... You know, but then there's like, you know, the other camps where one of them's like, well, it's going to get damaged by external forces. And then there's the other camp that's like, it just lost its inherent value. Whee! Right. I can understand cards, I guess, like putting them in protective sleeves and stuff like that. But if you can't utilize the product you're buying and it's like. You can't really present it unless it's in your in a box or whatever. For me, that's like super sad. I don't know. It's like super sad for me. I, I I would rather just like utilize it and use it and present like show it off or present it. So I don't know. That's just my opinion on that or whatever. Uh yeah, but I'd love to get an original Magic the Gathering Shivan Dragon, Seth Star says. I don't know what that is. I don't play magic. 
But one game I wasn't allowed to play when I was a kid. Shivan Dragon. Is this like super... I'm pretty I'm assuming this is like super rare. <laughs> Except original. Ooh. The artwork on a lot of uh, old magic cards is like really, really cool. I will, I will give it that or whatever. Like it just looks so cool. Yeah. See, at that point, I would rather just get, like, if you could get a poster of the full-size art, I would rather just want to get that, to be honest, because just, it, like, the art's cool and stuff, but it's so tiny. Yeah, I would buy, like, a full print or whatever. Like, I was thinking of, I'm not an art guy either, though. That's another thing. But I was thinking of getting, like, full-sized art for, like, some Hearthstone cards that I really liked. But maybe not. Um, so, next article we have up here for this morning is uh, the Fortnite patch came out <laughs> for 6.20. It came out, like, last night around midnight or 1. And then it ended up getting canceled. <laughs> or, like taken back or like something got locked it got locked out because there was issues with it or whatever um i've i'm not really a huge fortnite player um but it is a pretty enjoyable game casually with friends uh, i know people have their opinions i'm not a br guy kind of in general though so it's one of those things where like i there's games that i play um like a lot of the games i play i play on my own but for whatever reason, I cannot stand playing Battle Royales on my own. Um, I don't know what it is, but, like, I get it that most games are, like, super repetitive, right? I get it. Like, that's the core of, like, 99% of games, okay? Is they're very repetitive when you really look down, uh, look at it at its core. A MOBA, you know, it's just push right, push left, win, right? Card game, it's play your cards, kill them, win. I get it. For some reason, MOBAs... Uh, MOBAs are, or Battle Royales are the games I can only play socially. So, Blackout is killing Fortnite for good reason. Uh, that's debatable, to be honest. It's still, like, two different games, right? Like, people keep saying PUBG's dead, but it, and compared to where it was a year ago, but PUBG's numbers are still at 500 to 600,000 in concurrent players online at any given time, which is more than StarCraft 2, and that game has been supported for a while. I mean, Blackout's in between, like, PUBG and Fortnite, right? I think the thing... I think they, they'll both coexist. I don't know if Fortnite's gonna die. The thing is, it had a massive... Like, the Fortnite craze was so huge compared to, like... Like, the Fortnite craze was just so big. Um, it reminded me of, like, Pokemon Go. And if you look at Pokemon Go, it still has, like, 2 to 3 million players um like a day or something like that it's hard to say um the thing the the one thing with fortnite is that it feels like league of legends where it doesn't feel like a free like a freemium or free-to-play game so it being on everything <laughs> and being free to play is just going to get people to play it more because it's the free-to-play variant um i don't know seth you could probably answer this as well but 
my issue with um yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, Seth says, in my opinion, Fortnite is cartoony for kids. Blackout is more tactical and intense. There, yeah, it is. It is two different games. I, I like. I, some people are gonna like Blackout, which is cool. Some people are gonna prefer Fortnite, which is cool. Um, I think it's kind of you know like the COD versus Battlefield type of argument, or the Xbox versus PlayStation kind of argument. You know, like. People are gonna have their camps, and I think both can coexist. My my one issue with Blackout and Seth, uh, if you can answer this question for me, um, have they talked about what's gonna happen after this year with Blackout? Because my, to be honest, my issue with Blackout that I have right now is their development team, because Call of Duty is known to rotate through their development team every single year right so every year we know a new cod's going to come out and it's either going to be made by sledgehammer games or by treyarch or by infinity ward and my issue is is that this time next year are they still going to be supporting blackout or is the next development company who's making the next cod going to come out with their own battle royale and then everyone's just going to move to that because if that's the case, like I don't really want to keep paying sixty dollars every single year for like a new, like battle royale. I guess you could say, like I, that's all. I'm like that, like, like that's my only concern is I don't want to be playing like a year for now and seeing like blackout not being supported. Because the thing with COD is like every COD game I've ever played in the past, I'll play it. And then, like, maybe five months later, I can't find anyone to play with, you know? In my opinion, they just carried over. I know, but, like, I need confirmation. <laughs> like, I, I, I wish they would be more transparent about that, at least. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, I don't, think they, I don't think they can carry it over because it's a totally different publisher. Like, call, like, the three publishers are totally separate from each other, and they don't really, like, coexist or work together in anything. So I honestly can totally see the next, like, publisher, whoever has the contract for the next next COD, being like, oh, we're going to make, Bla we're going to take Blackout, but make it better, but remake it, or make, have jetpacks, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's my only issue, but, I don't know. I enjoy Fortnite mostly because, I don't know, I don't like first-person shooters, to be honest, and uh, third-person's pretty pretty fun that being said guys i am getting a copy of call of duty buying a copy of call of i don't know i uh, mostly for zombies though so maybe i'll dabble in the the blackout or whatever uh anyway fortnite came out with this new patch 6.2.6.20 and it's a super weird patch um i feel like every time i log into fortnite the game's different and i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm just throwing that out there or whatever but if you guys didn't know what's been happening is at the start of season six there was an island that got lifted from the lake and it's been like this like dollaran <laughs> looking hovering floating island and apparently it's been going around and absorbing like all the cube fragments and apparently that thing blew up and so now there's fragments of the cube large ones and small ones or whatever so there's a large cube fragments near where the island basically blew up and then there's small fragments which i believe it blew up in the same area as where it started because it did travel the map and stuff and then there's small cube fragments that are randomly created and so basically like i was watching some streams this morning and this 
looks so ridiculous. Like this game has changed like so much. It's crazy. But basically these small cube fragments are created randomly throughout the match. And basically they have a certain amount of health. And every time you hit them, zombies come out of them. And defeating the zombies, you gain a small amount of shield. As well as killing them, you possibly have chances of getting loot. And breaking the cube itself, which causes about two to three waves of zombies to appear. Um, uh, you know, creates even more loot. It's crazy. There's so many of these, like, small cube fragments around the areas now that, like, places that are, like, quote-unquote totally dead are not dead anymore, and the amount of loot and shields you get is crazy. Um, it is part of their Halloween event, and in my opinion, I feel like this is going to be a limited-time thing that will probably end sometime after Halloween, after, like, a week or two, uh, or even uh, the cube fragments being scaled back and stuff like that but it's a ridiculous thing um talking earlier about blackout this definitely reminds me of like the zombie areas or whatever uh in blackout or in uh the blackout series and stuff like that so that's what i think is interesting uh but yeah uh, they also added a hunter crossbow uh so the crossbow is back and then they also added a six shooter to the game as well and then there's a bunch of other random stuff that i don't really pay attention to and patch changes and stuff like that but you guys can go check out the epic thing for that so um good on fortnite for their game and uh making billions of dollars every month i feel like or whatever um we'll see uh like i said kind of at the top of this article uh i am going to be getting blackout so maybe i can try it and play it well call of duty comes with blackout right anyone can confirm that it's just like a bundled package, right? Because <laughs> I'm just getting that. Um, but yeah. Seth in chat says yes. Okay, we're good. All right, cool. Boom. Next article coming up for this morning. Uh, I don't get this. I don't understand it. I will never understand it. But um, every freaking... Like, AAA title now has a mobile app for some reason, and Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be no exception. But Rockstar revealed that the Red Dead Redemption 2 app will, will be an official companion app and will uh, launch alongside the game on Android on October 26, 2018. Side note, that's the same day as the first day of TwitchCon, so a lot of Twitch streamers won't be around to stream it. So I kind of find that, like, super uh, interesting as well. <laughs> Seth just got timed out in chat apparently for using caps. Um, you got timed out for one second, so you can type again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, apparently it comes out the same day as TwitchCon, so that will be interesting because I'm not going to TwitchCon, so I'm gonna have streams to watch, I guess. Um. I won't be getting Red Dead Redemption when it first comes out. Hopefully it comes out on PC like six to seven months later. I didn't really like the frame rate cap. Um, and I have no way to stream it on console. And I don't want to buy uh, a car, uh, a capture card. I'm kind of broke at the moment, <laughs> to be honest. Or need to save the funds for BlizzCon, which is happening a week from now or so. But uh, yeah, uh, it will connect to your PlayStation or Xbox and will deliver real interactive information to your smart device. Uh, once downloaded and connected, you will be able to explore the map and set waypoints and points of interest that will appear in-game as you play. Additionally, main character Arthur Morgan's health and other data will show in real time, allowing players to remove the HUD in-game for a cleaner experience if they choose so. Uh, alongside being able to use the map and see stats, the app will allow you to read Arthur's in-game journal, check your stats through Rockstar Social Club, uh, which is going to be a huge thing. And uh, yeah, 
Um, yeah, I'm not super surprised that this is happening. Um, Rockstar's been trying to push their social club for years, and if they, you know, if their statement still is true about uh, GTA 5, where basically they want to support GTA Online for the next 10 years, um, the same thing is going to happen in Red Dead Redemption as well. I don't think that I would probably use this in-game app, or this uh, out-game app, or whatever you want, companion app, I guess. But uh, I can see its usefulness if you have like a small screen or something like that. So we'll see what ends up happening with this. It uh, really is varied, though. Um, it's just an extra monitor, basically, right? That's going to show you stuff that you can hook up so you don't have to worry about it. But if it's already in the game, I don't really see any reason to not just use it on the game, especially for streamers. Um, from the streamer standpoint, I would never use this because I would have to capture this device or people would just not really see it. So, um, we'll end up having to see how it goes or whatever. Um, I want to know, like, there's no talk about this, but I know I've read, like, um, like, previous articles as well before this saying that, like, it's, they're just focusing on single player for now, multiplayer is launching, like, sometime after launch. So... Um, I want to see if this companion app maybe helps you in multiplayer in some way, but we'll have to see what ends up happening. But yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out 26. Be interesting to see. I'll have to check out some streams and stuff like that. Um, next up, uh, Battlefield's Firestorm Battle Royale coming out in 2019. The thing about, about it is that you can remove a HUD from the main screen, so it's more immersive. I don't, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I would rather just like still utilize i don't know i would still rather have that on on my screen like instead of having to look at my screen look at it like look up and down and stuff like that like if i had to look at another smaller tablet yeah i know that's a selling point yeah it doesn't it just sounds like a fancy way to get people to try it out to be honest for me that's like what's less immersive is having to look over at another screen like when i'm streaming i'm definitely not as immersed in the game as i should be right so i don't know um Next up, though, uh, the every game is coming out with a battle royale because apparently that's the trend. It's definitely something where I feel like this is the trend when I saw it with like MOBAs and stuff back in the day. But uh, Battlefield's um, battle royale <laughs> is coming out in 2019, and uh, uh, Firestorm will support up to 64 players, and uh, yeah. Um, Battlefield is coming out on November 20th, so it's really interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if every game's... Seth says, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is rumored to have one as well. Yeah, uh, a, a battle royale, he means, so I'm not surprised. Um, it's just a trend that's happening. Battlefield 5's BR, I don't really know how to feel about it. It seems interesting. Because it's taking like a new take or whatever. Um, if you guys didn't know, they've confirmed that destructible buildings will be in the game. Um, the thing that I find interesting is the maps are going to be just like any other typical battlefield map. So they're going to be super big. So because of that, you can only play the game in squads. So there's going to be no solo or duo. You have to play in four-man groups. And every it's going to be first person, obviously. And every group is going to start with... Um, a vehicle because <laughs> the game is so big so it's going to be squads only that's why they say it's 64 players divided into teams of four so that's the only way you'll be able to play it you cannot solo or duo the game which is uh 
in my opinion. Kind of weird, but uh, we'll see how it is. Um, uh, I, I'm not a Battlefield guy, so I probably will not be buying the game, but it'll be something definitely interesting to see once um, it comes out and maybe possibly check it out and purchase it. But very strange concept for a Battle Royale. Um, so, yeah. And then it's also coming two weeks after launch, so I won't be here exactly, um, you know, exactly here when the game launches, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. Very interesting, just different from other Battle Royales or whatever. Um, little short thing for people who still play Pokemon Go, but I'm a pretty big Pokemon fan, and I used to play the Pokemon Train card game extensively, and I used to uh, play the Pokemon games pretty extensively as well if you guys didn't know there was a pokemon that came out a couple of months ago and uh it was like a ditto and then it changed into this thing which is called meltan and apparently it evolved into a melmetal i don't know i don't understand these names but uh it says melmetal has been seen in 3000 years if we worship for its power and create metal possesses a unique steel type physical move and called double iron bash but uh, yeah, basically nothing much to say about it. But we know that uh, let's go, uh, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee will be coming out for the Nintendo Switch in a little bit, and that will have connectivity to Pokemon Go, and uh, you'll be able to transfer Pokemon from Pokemon Go to uh, the Pokemon Switch game, and vice versa. We also know that it's been confirmed that um, a new Pokemon main game series will be on the Switch starting next year, which I'm actually pretty excited for. And so this is probably one of the Pokemon that is coming out that is in the next generation of Pokemon. So uh, I don't know. Pretty short little news thing, but I'm pretty excited. I'm a pretty big Pokemon fan. And it's definitely going to be something that I sink a lot of hours in. Um, but yeah, kind of what we talked about earlier uh, at the start of the news section. It's uh, really interesting that so many people still play Pokemon Go. Uh, it's not as big as it once was. At the same time, it's uh, it's still pretty big. Uh, on to the next thing. Uh, the Humble Bundle um, is back again with another type of feature or bundle that's coming out. If you guys don't know what the Humble Bundle is, it's a super, super good deals and stuff that support charity. If you guys end up going to uh, humblebundle.com, you can check out the bundles there. They usually have about seven to eight bundles, uh, according to their website. Right now, they have like an early unlock. They have one for comics. They have one for uh, software. They have one for books, or three for books, which are usually comics and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, you usually get to pay what you want. It's a minimum of usually $1.00. And there's obviously a tiered system for it. And the more games you buy, or the more you pay, the more games you unlock. So this bundle will be around for about 13 days. And you can redeem all of the stuff over on um, Steam as well. Uh, I personally have gotten a ton of Humble Bundles from this. And played some really good games on stream, on and off stream. So uh, I would definitely go and check it out. Right now, though, if you pay $1 or more, you unlock Scribble Knots, Shadows of Mordor, and Batman Arkham Origins. 
And then if you pay more than the average of $4.10, on top of getting those three games, you'll also get Mad Max, uh, uh, Bastion, and Injustice, the uh, Ultimate Edition, and in the Legos Incredibles. And then if you pay $12 or more, you end up getting Batman Arkham Knight in the Batman Arkham Knight Season Pass, plus all the stuff that I just mentioned as well. Keep in mind, too, that since it's 13 days left, there is a bunch of um, stuff that's usually added to the bundles as well. So it's definitely worth it. It ends up um, supporting the charity for uh, the crisis text line. And uh, yeah, so go out, pay a dollar, and uh, get you some pretty cheap and free, cheap-ish, slash basically free-ish games. Um, yeah, I'm... Batman Origins is pretty fun. Shadow Mordor Game Edition is pretty cool, and Scribblenauts Unlimited is pretty cool for just a dollar. Um, I unfortunately have Bastion, Injustice, and Mad Max, so I probably won't be purchasing that bundle. And then I'm not really sure if I want to get the Arkham Knight stuff. So unfortunately for me, I would probably just stay with the dollar tier. But uh, yeah, if you guys don't have any of these games, I would highly suggest um, getting them. Um, also, if you end up just buying the dollar uh, tier and later on you want to beat the average or something like that, you can always go ahead and pay for the average later. So you can do, you know, quote-unquote payment plans <laughs> for the next 13 days for this bundle. So go check that out as well and uh, get you some pretty cool games. Um, last article for today, uh, before we wrap things up here, this is pretty cool, and I have heard about this for a long time long time uh, if you guys are fallout fans as many people are uh fallout new california is finished and released if you guys didn't know what california uh like new california is um there it's basically a fan-made mod that a dude built and it took like I don't know. It took a long time for him to do this. Like maybe at least like five or six years. It's technically in beta, but it'll be out on Xbox One uh, around 4 p.m. PST for us. And yeah, so it took seven years of work for him to for this person to make this game. But it takes place after Fallout 2, and it details the war between uh, two um, factions that lead up to Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. And it's a purely a single player game, so there's no way to multiplayer it or whatever. But apparently there's approximately 48 quests, 13 endings, and the map is two-thirds the size of the Fallout New Vegas map. And it takes about a minimum of six hours to beat the game. But players who want to try to beat the whole game, it takes about 30 hours. And yeah, all that's required is you play Fallout uh, New California on a PC copy of New Vegas. And you'll have a 4-gig update to download if you have that through Steam. And then it's patched, and then New California... Uh, will be out for you guys so it's actually pretty insane that somebody was that dedicated and i feel like the fallout and skyrim community is just that dedicated to the modding community and to making like their own little type of things so uh yeah i'm pretty impressed by that as well so yeah, go download that. Go check it out. I am pretty hyped about that, actually. I'm definitely going to check it out, probably stream it later on on my Twitch or whatever and however we do. But, uh, 
yeah, guys, unless Twitch chat has anything else left to say, I think that's it for um, this episode of Morning Coffee. Um, just wanted to say once again um, that we are streaming this slash recording it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, mornings at 9 a.m. PST, hopefully. And, um, yeah, I would really highly recommend uh, you guys from the audio side or the VOD side to come out to the morning coffee and to check it out. Um, Especially since it's going to be more geared towards Twitch and stuff like that. Uh, So you can go check that out, twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo, if you want to go check that out. Uh, If not, though, uh, you can also... Follow the VODs, youtube.com slash TV, And uh, for all updates on the podcast, um, you can go check us out at Morning Morn Coffee Pod, M-O-R-N, Coffee Pod, P-O-D. Or you can just follow my Twitter at twitter.com slash Brian Kubo. Um, but yeah, guys, hope you had your morning coffee. Hope you are able to drink it with me. Mine's right here. Uh, about halfway done, <laughs> which is pretty good. But yeah, I will see you guys Friday morning for an episode of the morning coffee and then right after that we will also be uh recording and streaming the deep thoughts podcast coverage on twitchcon opening and see what all the new twitch changes are so it's going to be a long day for friday for me so i would hopefully see you guys there and hopefully you guys could uh swing by uh shout outs always to everyone in twitch chat and to all the lurkers as well And uh, yeah, thanks so much, guys, for hanging out with me on this first episode. Uh, We'll see you guys uh, Friday morning. Take care, guys. Peace.